What's up, Daw Nation? My name's Wyatt Troy, and welcome to episode three of Behind the Daw, where we interview artists and music industry experts on an emotional, philosophical, and artistic level to get inside their heads, gather the best information, and then bring it back to you. By the way, this is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In the Daw, where we invite artists to dissect their songs in real time. If you're interested in that, there's a link in the description. And the best part of all of this is that it's free forever, no matter what. Our only request is that if you enjoy this podcast, and it's really helping you along your musical journey, go ahead and check out the Behind the Daw Patreon and consider supporting the channel for just $1 a month. If you have any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to talk, you can contact me at wyatt at net. All right, Daw Nation, let's get into it. How was Denver, by the way? Dude, Denver is extremely flat on one side. <laughs> <laughs> that is not ex- what I was expecting you to say. So I, I pictured it was like Salt Lake City. So I was expecting to get out and be like mountains. And then I got out of the airport and I'm like, it's flat. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And then I turned around and realized that only half of the city has mountains. And I was like, whoa. Other than that, it was it was great. It was a fantastic place. So I want to welcome everyone to episode three of Behind the Daw, where we focus more on the emotional, the philosophical, the artistic side. And this time we have Lucas James, who is the label manager at Seeking Blue. Lucas, how's things going, man? Hey, man. Hey, Wyatt. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. And today I have a very special co-host. He's been on the show with us before, but felt like you'd be a very good contributor today. Nolan Atkins also goes by Amity. How's things going tonight, Nolan? Super great. Happy to be here. Nolan is a really, really good friend of mine. He's got some recent releases. He was on In the Daw for uh, Calling Out is one of his amazing songs. He's got some new releases coming up. And so keep your eye out for him. And he's, he's an amazing co-host. So I appreciate you being here tonight, man. Of course. So tonight, Lucas is a very, very interesting candidate to come on here. He's got a a lot of knowledge he's and he explains a lot of his knowledge and wisdom very very well thanks man yeah absolutely so uh lucas for those who don't know who you are let's get a little background information that'd be all right yeah man 100 i mean i don't really know where to start but i guess you mentioned seeking blue and that's kind of my mainstay right now in a lot of ways you know it's a record label that birthed um from the youtube channel mr suicide sheep and is in very many ways still a digital label and working, you know, I have best friends all over the world on the internet. I don't think we'd exist without it. That's my mainstay, but I also produce music and and compose film soundtracks and shoot photos and make movies and do all the fun stuff. So, you know, feel free to pepper me with questions, man. I'm I'm super open and ready to share. Yeah, I'm just curious because like with your whole label, Seeking Blue, what are some of your goals that you see Seeking Blue reaching towards within the next couple of years? Like what's your goals and your ideas of success for the label? 100%, man. That's that's a really good question. I've, I've actually heard that question a few times, kind of even just in personal conversation. And it's tough to kind of know a proper answer to that. I think that there's a lot of stuff happening in the music industry right now. And a lot of stuff is changing. A lot of people are very independent. And more than ever, I think, you know, the industry has created a middle class for artists where people can make a nice living and not be a huge famous star, but also not be living on the streets, which is a very interesting position to be in on the business side because, you know, I think a lot of our ideas and, and our style is kind of managing that and giving people that opportunity or, or helping kind of instill something that can create that opportunity for them. So in terms of growth, I think that allowing that opportunity to happen easier for these kids and these people in ma- as many ways as possible is kind of, you know, the way that we see it, you know, whether that's movie syncs or having music through Amazon Echo and AI or using data to find, you know, more fans maybe in Europe rather than the States. And I think that's kind of just, you know, the big, the big thing that I focus my, a lot of my energy on is just making sure that every path is covered and that every way possible for these guys to kind of 
live that life being a musician without struggling is, you know, is definitely at the top of my list. Be able to support ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's a huge deal. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like, I think that at least every musician that we work with at the core, it's, you know, it's clearly that it's their passion and you know what they love. And same with me, like, I I can't imagine doing anything that's not related to music ever again in my life. If they're able to survive and live on that and do that as their pastime, it's like, you know, that's a great, that's a great gift to have and, you know, a life and opportunity. As far as everything that you've been doing with Seeking Blue, what has been some of your greatest joys with doing that? Uh, what, What has been some of your like favorite experiences with Seeking Blue? That's a good question, man. You know, the people, it's, it's always my answer to that. It's like these people that I've met, you know, have become friends from all over the world and people that I probably never would have met otherwise and kind of talking about music and talking about the industry and also just the creation of it has been unbelievable. The cherry on top of that is having, you know, these people that are, that become my friends saying like, Hey man, I just bought groceries and paid my rent with the royalties that we just teamed up on and figured out how to earn. So that experience never gets old. And you know, how many times I've heard that is, is, is awesome. And it's kind of like, you know, I could, that's the one thing I could hear for the rest of my life. And I would never go unsatisfied with a day. It's like, if people that I love and care about and their music is amazing and you know, we all believe in it and the world starts believing in it and they're surviving on that. It's like, that's the biggest joy ever that I could ever ask for or that I hope anyone in the music industry could ask for, you know? No, absolutely. Like, just just think about it. If I was in your shoes, matter of fact, if I was in your flip-flops, right? If I was in the Lucas James It's, it's getting cold, man. It's, I'm in Canada. Like, okay. If I was in Lucas James knee-high socks. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if I was in, you know, in your headspace right now, if I was to get a, an email or a text from one of the artists that was released through Seeking Blue, something to the effect of, I was able to get food this week because of everything you helped me out with or my child was able to have an amazing birthday because of everything that you helped me out with with Seeking Blue. To me, like I'm not even you and that's like potentially bringing a tear to my eye. I I feel like there's, you know, there's a lot of different kind of people in the world, but I think the reason that I started meshing with Sheepy is because, you know, it's always been a giving mindset and a community of love ultimately. And I think seeing that kind of pay off for people is I'm the kind of person that could live on that. I mean, I could be eating ramen noodles and drinking water and nothing else and be living on that. And I think that that's all, you know, I would need to survive is, is that seeing that, that moment of, you know, it's actually funny. It's that moment of like euphoria and, and kind of ultimate expression when someone feels that, um, which is actually kind of how we within the office define blue. So seeking blue is very much like seeking that moment where you have now begun your path into what you're passionate about and what you care about and what you love. And it's, it's like a flow state, but a, an entire life kind of turn. And I think finding that moment for, or helping people find that moment is like, is at least my main mantra for everything. So that's all I got to say on that. But that's kind of our huge back end mindset for sure. I want to veer off from the label part and go towards more you. Like, how did you get into producing? When did you start? Tell me about that story. Yeah, man. Cheers for caring about that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I started making music. Well, actually, it's kind of a long story. When I was 13 years old or or just, you know, just turned 13 years old, I had two strokes. um, What? Which disabled the entire left side of my body. And, you know, I lived in a really small town, about a thousand people kind of total in the whole valley. 
and I got flown, you know, to the nearest city in a helicopter and didn't know if I was ever going to kind of move my left hand again or even walk properly again. And during the recovery process, I was lucky enough because I was so young. They told me that my brain is still growing and that I still have the ability to kind of reestablish those connections. So they said, you know, do stuff like play piano or, or play guitar or drum and kind of use use as much motor functions as you can. And, you know, I always loved music. I grew up in a musical family, but I'd never really played before. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, now I have to start playing. And so I started playing piano and guitar and just kind of messing around, which just turned into like a lifelong passion for music. I'd always loved it. I kind of just ended up loving it a little bit more because it truly was everything to me at that point. And it kind of was my, you know, way out of kind of medical situation. And then, you know, what that did ultimately fast forward, kind of learned production and and all kinds of stuff when I was in early high school and, and just kind of kept making music over and over again, you know, every day, whether that's playing guitar, or piano or producing electronic music or whatever. And then it was a big debate. And I never thought, you know, a big ironic thing was that I never thought you could ever have a career in music. So I decided to study film because that was also a huge passion of mine. Uh, and during the film program, all I cared about was editing sound and having huge access to like 80 gigabyte Foley files and like recordings of moments of people sitting in places. And, you know, because I attended the school, they gave me all this stuff for free. And I was like, okay, now I have so many sounds to make music with. This is insane. So I started making music that was basically samples that were like fully kind of like chains or sand or people walking down the street and just kind of try to work in that world a lot. And then ultimately, you know, the film thing didn't work. I didn't love the industry. I don't think it was ever my passion. It was just almost my cop out and life kind of just steered me back into the music world and it's become awesome. Not only do I run a label that I love and with people that I love, but I've been lucky enough to kind of get positions scoring films and having music kind of licensed out by big commercial ad agencies. And I'm working with a company called The Music Bed, which, you know, those guys are awesome. They're from Texas and they're a licensing company and they're amazing. You know, I owe them so much. So it's just been a a crazy journey, but I think kind of what I pulled out of it was that I feel like life always just ends up steering you in the direction that you're meant to go and you can fight it for your whole life. And ultimately, you know, that will end however it will end. And I think a lot of people do fight it, but if you kind of just let it go and let it happen, I think things really do end up, you know, in a positive place. And obviously, you know, I'm in Canada and I have a privileged life, but I think, you know, I think for the most part that those are words to live by. It's like, just let it happen. And and you end up kind of finding your path, I think. Really awesome. I I think that's great because nowadays we live in a society where like a regular job that's safe and risk-free, like be a lawyer, (laughs) doctor, like we're always being told by parents to be doing these jobs that we go to college for and we get our master's for PhD, like whatever. That's just like how society has told us. And so when we do these full risk jobs, like not a safe job, like you're not guaranteed anything. Like you literally just have to grind and like work hard. Yeah. That's scary. It's honestly scary. Going back to you, like they fight it and they'll be like, oh, well, I'm not meant to be in music, even though it's my passion and my love, I'm going to become a lawyer or <laughs> Exactly, man. Ultimately, it's kind of, you know, I think that's kind of a huge part of unhappiness worldwide is that fighting of, of any path, you know, whatever it is. Um, but also it's kind of interesting because we're brought up, at least in my age, kind of brought up by people that, you know, necessarily didn't have these middle-class great salary, but, you know, not a huge superstar in these creative fields or these passion fields. You know, maybe that didn't exist 
And I think that's probably why we're, we're pushed kind of in that direction as a generation, but hopefully we can change that, you know, and, and stuff like this podcast is, is a great idea because, you know, who knows? I wish that when I was choosing what to do with my life, I knew that you could even work at a record label and I didn't even know what a record label was. So if someone could tell me that, even just a five minute conversation, that could have steered my life five years shorter of wasting time. But ultimately, you know, it's all learning experience. Actually, this topic that we're talking about right now is, is something that me and my wife and my family were, were very passionate about because it's it's a facade. Like what Nolan was saying, you know, a lot of people do think the safe route is to become a doctor or a teacher or uh, a lawyer or so on and so forth. When in reality, nothing is safe. Nothing. Not in this world that we live in. You know, the safest bet is to just do what you're good at. And that's, you know, I mean, if you're... (laughs) I think... But honestly, like, you know, if you're super talented at something, do your talent, do, do what guides you, do what you've kind of the fire that you've started inside yourself, because you can't be a good doctor if you're an amazing something else. I feel like, you know, your path is, is pushing you and just, just hear that voice, I guess. This is a huge plot twist in the human story. So what you're saying is that like there actually is a safe way and the safe way is doing what your passion is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or what you're gen- I know, right? Crazy life decision. But, <laughs> but really, I mean, I know a lot of people who have done great stuff with their life and every single one of them say that. It's not like I've just started an amazing giant musical career and I'm touring the world and I hate music. My parents told me to get into this. It's like, no, I've never heard that ever. I mean, sometimes you end up falling in love with what you were kind of driven to, but I think there is a huge part of like living by your passion and living by what genuinely is inside you that you can't really trade for anything else. I hate repeating myself, but I know I've said this in like the other podcasts. I just think it's so true. Do what you love and the money will come. And it's kind of like, it's trusting that it will. And like when you fully trust, you just have to wait and you just have to try and you have to care. And I think when you're truly passionate about something, it's like that waiting and that caring and that time frame will go by so much quicker because you'll just kind of get there one day and then it will all be worth it. You know, I can't say that about everyone. A lot of people have really bad situations that they may never be able to experience anything like that. But in most cases, it's, I think if you follow, you know, follow that and care and and try your hardest and try your hardest because you love it, you know, eventually the money will come or whatever that you're looking for. I'm sure there are some people on here who's what we're talking about, the concept of a passion is starting to resonate with them. And they're like, oh man, you know, like music or, or painting or what, what, whatever it is in their life. It's like, man, that's, that's really what I'm drawn to. That's really what I want. And then I'm assuming that there's going to be some people where it's like, you know, I like making music. I like painting or, or whatever, but it's just not that strong. And so I think I'm kind of veering more onto the hobby side. And then I think there's going to be this third category where it's like, I don't know which one it is. I don't know if it's a passion. I don't know if it's a hobby. And I'd love to know your thoughts as to like how someone could find that out. I I wanted to, I have a theory and I wanted to uh, throw throw this out there and see what both of your, both of your thoughts are, where it's like, to me, the way that I found out what my passion is, you know, my passion is making music that resonates with me that helps other people simultaneously. To me, that's that's my passion. I love it more than anything. The way I found out that it was my passion was it's more than just something I enjoy. Like it almost feels like a celestial calling in a way. Like it's something that I can't run away from. No matter where I go, that passion is staring me in the face. And when I allow it in, it's like home. 
it's like finally something that the missing piece is finally a part of me now. I mean, what Lucas, what's your thoughts on that? You kind of already said what I was going to say was that the way that I found what my passion was, was that any moment in my life, wherever I was, any situation, there was one constant usually. And sometimes it can go deeper. You know, I think bringing up the fact that your passion is about making stuff that resonates with you, but also helps other people. It's kind of like, I would say that, you know, the music feeds your passion, but your passion is like deeper and and more solidified and like giving and providing. And you've found that voice through music. So I think understanding, you know, sometimes people go, I don't know whether I like painting or making music more or something, but I think at the core, it's like, understand what that's doing for you. Is that painting allowing you to express your views on the world and you kind of want to change the world? How is that working for you? So I think, I think finding your passion isn't just like, I love making soda cans out of tinfoil. It's kind of like, what is that in your heart? What is that actually doing for you? And I, it's usually a lot more simple. It's just a matter of kind of finding that, understanding that, and then figuring out ways to express that because whatever that is will probably be in you and you've known it's in you for like your whole life. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying is that you're right, making things out of tin cans or, or painting or hiking or making music or making sweaters or selling cars or whatever it is, that's more so just a catalyst for your passion. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Which ultimately kind of speaks to, you know, what's inside you and what you're, what you're being driven towards. And I kind of found this out because I I love photography and I love filmmaking kind of almost equally as I love making music Mm. and also seeing people succeed. And I kind of figured out, you know, that's expression is my passion, whatever it is. And however that comes out, I'll do it. You know, it's never so simple, I don't think. And I think that a lot of people try to figure that out and make it very, very specific. And ultimately, I think it's a little bit bigger picture. But I'd be curious to, to see what Nolan has to say. Me too. I'm trying to figure out what I'm thinking here because I, I feel like it's so many things. And honestly, yeah, it's like really what moves you. For me, music is that form of expression. I use it as to help people. I like helping people that are struggling with something like be it addiction, a hard time. I want to help people in those kind of moments. And I think of my music as something to do that. And so I I definitely think music is what you said, a catalyst as a way of expression or helping people in need or creating world peace, anything, uh, influencing people. And I think that's a huge thing, but it's also like deciding whether music is something that is either a hobby or a career that's also your passion. I think you also need to decide, are you doing it for the fame and the money or for the love of the music? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, a huge question. It's kind of like, you know, I've had the experience of seeing, seeing both. And I think it's kind of, it comes down to like, sometimes people's passion is being the center or having focus or on them or, you know, things like that. And I think ultimately it's like, it's the same way that music is a catalyst for you to help people. For some people, it's a, it's a catalyst for people to look at them. Obviously, one is way more helpful to the world than the other. I think ultimately, it's just, it helps you. It's a vehicle, essentially, and it kind of helps you drive towards whatever that is inside you. I think if you have your reason to get involved in music, ultimately, it's like, it's your reason. Whether it stays as a hobby or becomes a career, I think it's just a matter of, can I keep doing this? forever. And if I can, and I still love it, then I'm in. But the second you try to make things happen and try to move forward without actually being passionate about it, and and it's not actually fulfilling that inner kind of need, 
is when you start losing it and you start losing that path. And it probably won't happen for you if you if you forget that or, or kind of lose that along the way. In regards to your career and your passion, with both of those in mind, what has been the hardest thing about all of it? What's been your hardest challenge and how did you overcome it? Or are you still going through it? Good question. <laughs> um, I think a huge challenge is time, um, which I hear a lot. I think everyone struggles with time because I just love so much stuff and it's so hard to fit everything in and also do it well. That I just don't feel like there's enough hours in, in every day. I think the biggest struggle is kind of realizing what takes priority over other things because there's some days that I don't want to go to work and I may just want to go shoot photos, which I could probably do. But ultimately, I you know I feel accountable for a lot of people and I care about every one of them. So it's like showing up, you know, you got to show up. So just having more time. I mean, if I didn't have to sleep, that would be awesome. Obviously, if we can't figure that out on this podcast, I don't know, man. I don't know. Seriously, though, like the most frustrating thing about watching the Twilight series with my wife was that the freaking vampires didn't have to sleep. And that's (laughs) all I could think about. The rest of the four movies was like, do you have any idea what I could do with that time? You know what I mean? (laughs) extra eight hours that you can work with right dude like i would be so fit i would have everything done i would learn chinese like it would i would love that like night moment where it's kind of just quiet and everyone else is sleeping you'd have like this almost peaceful meditation for eight hours that you could just like convert into some kind of productivity it'd be awesome if i've I've dreamt about it many times and attempted attempted sometimes doesn't really work out Here's a question that uh, our buddy Brendan, he's, he's, a, he's a really good friend to us. He, he asked us this and this really, man, this, this really like helped put perspective into our lives. So it's basically the concept is this. If you could go through life and do one thing and that one thing you have absolutely zero chance of failure, you, you will succeed no matter what. What would be that one thing for you, Lucas? What, what would you do? I would figure out how people don't have to sleep. <laughs> Dude, serious though. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe it's just an addiction. Like maybe we just have to not sleep for a month. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Good try. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> energy oh, no. drinks like one to the other. Like never finished an energy drink. It's like continual energy. <laughs> See how long it'll last, but I don't think that'll last for too long. No, no. Um, no, that's a really good question. Um, that's a tough one. And I'm just deflecting it with jokes to try to think about it for a bit longer. But actually, no, I think I think the answer would be as silly as it is, but finding world peace. If I get succeed at that, I mean, you could die a pretty happy person, I think. And ultimately, I think I love music and I love artists and I love making art. And But there's some huge problems. They go way beyond everything that we can even talk about here. And it's kind of like that would be something if I could if I could 100 percent succeed at that 100 percent would take that. The cool, whole man. blue. We need the whole world to be in that blue. Dude, exactly. If that happened, hundred percent awesome. I'm really glad you told us at the beginning, like the whole concept of the blue and seeking blue. How often are you in that state of blue? Pretty often. I think it's really, it's really cool. I mean, um, meeting with these guys and, and chatting with music or, or artists, you know, something I love about the electronic music industry is it's very quick and there's constant feedback loops happening all the time, you know, in many ways. So a lot of guys, like especially Tal from Echoes will just kind of 
almost speak to me as he's making music. And while he's doing that, it creates a blue state for me, which creates a blue state for him. And then it's just this like super crazy feedback, you know, discussion plus listening to music, plus making music, plus back and forth, back and forth. It's this like bliss ultimately where you realize hours have gone by. You know, I have no idea what just happened. And then when I come home and I'm like, you know, whether I'm, I'm editing photos or trying to make music or whatever, that's all I care about. I, I don't put out 95% of the stuff I make anywhere, but I just do it to feel that moment and that flow state because I think that's ultimately just like grounding and connecting with yourself. And it's, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I kind of believe that's what meditation is for me anyway. That was a huge answer to like a very simple question, but. Um, my wife just barely texted me and she, uh, she needs me to come home here pretty soon. So I'm going to wrap it up. I, I, I don't want to because this is. Hey, the wife is the most important. Wife is the most important thing. Happy wife, happy life. Actually, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've heard like, that a few times. Happy spouse, happy house, man. Like. <laughs> Are you married, Lucas? No, I'm not married. I have a beautiful girlfriend though, and we've been together for a year and a half. And she's awesome, amazing. Yeah, that is so cool, dude. Awesome. My final question to you is, is is similar to the one that that Brendan asked us about. Uh, what would you do with no failure? You know, you go throughout your life. Uh, it's it's a it's a successful life. It's everything that Lucas James wants it to be, right? And at the end of your life, you're in your deathbed, and you look over and there's your firstborn son and you have enough energy to give him one last piece of advice whether it's one word one sentence one concept whatever it is what is that thing for you lucas yeah that's a huge question it also gives me chills when you ask it so that's pretty cool that's awesome um, <laughs> i think the one thing that i would say to anyone would be just kind of live genuinely and live passionately i mean that's kind of in the theme of this this whole thing but ultimately it's kind of like if you're not living happy and you're not living in the moment and you're not satisfying kind of the core, then, you know, what have you done really? And, and what have you, you know, what will you reflect on when you're in my position on my deathbed? Um, yeah. You know, so I think, I think living genuinely and living kind of by that heart and by, you know, giving and doing and always kind of keeping yourself in check, whether that's your passion or however you, you see it is huge. You know, a lot of people experience that in so many ways, you know, whether it's through community or through religious practice or through making music or through like running a million miles. I think fulfilling that genuine heart is the number one thing that you can do in your life ultimately however that looks to you that's absolutely amazing thank you so much lucas uh nolan is there any final words or comments or questions that you have for for lucas here i yeah i just want to say that was a super awesome interview taking your mind and getting to know you more yeah guys you guys are awesome thank you so much man i i, I really appreciate that and as the final part of uh, of this podcast, I just got to ask, through this podcast, have you felt blue? Oh yeah, 100% whole time. Good. Then, then to me, this podcast has been a complete success. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Dot. We really hope you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy the questions that we asked or would you have liked to hear different ones? If you're listening to this on iTunes or any other podcast related app, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. And if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, make sure to like, comment, and follow. And we'll see you next time on Behind the Dot.